Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is Trav. This is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of getting what you want or being nice and saint and, and taking no. No, you can't have the BFG to fight the goblins. And I don't mean the big female goblin with a rolling pin or the other type of BFG. I'm taking my ball and going home. That's right. Uh <laughs> <laughs> the BFG and it's Goblin. You know, I, I didn't see that coming. All right. Uh, welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. This week, we are talking about negotiating with your GM. So, you know, asking for something that would enhance the world while enhancing your character and the party in general is always a good way of getting the GM to say yes. And it's all about the GM saying yes, right? Right. So, again, okay. you're just feeding so, the GM possible adventure ideas. That's less work right. on the GM. They love that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now, Travis, uh, you asked for something that's basically going to give you all the spotlight. Is that a good idea? Uh, no, because, well, one, the, the three of us here, we, we you know, one of our, our little mantras is try to give all your players a spotlight. Two, you're going to end up with a lot of other angry players going, okay, this guy here has this mech that, he shoots down everything before we can get to it. And then enemies come at us that can't beat him. So we're walking away all the time with, you know, bullet wounds and all this because they're coming after him with his mech. Yeah. If you're going to do the big ask, don't do it to be the diva. That will just not end well in and out of game. No, no one. Because you're, you're part of a team. You have a group of players. I mean, yeah, sure. If you're playing one on one, yeah, the, you already get all the spotlight. So yeah, throwing a little bit more, who cares? But yeah, if you're dealing with multiple players, you gotta you you can't try and be the diva because a you're not gonna get your support from the other characters. You when you finally do find yourself in trouble, the other players are gonna go what? Oh no, I'm over here looking at trees. I don't hear your yeah, screams wow. of mortal terror. Yeah, right. Right. Well, now sometimes you know if you can if you can uh, sell the idea that it's going to give you parity with the other players, that can work a lot better for you. Rather, because it might be something really powerful, but if you can basically make it clear that it's just making you equal to the other players, then that's not a bad thing. Because you know we all know that in games like D and D, the fighter usually gets screwed. Okay, usually doesn't have the be- you know doesn't get the best items, all right? Because you know yeah, they, yeah. they they might get a mag you know they get a they get a magic sword that has an extra plus on it. They get you know uh, armor that might have another plus on it. Okay, um, stuff like that. Okay, and it's like yeah, they got some stuff. All right. Meanwhile, the mage over here has wings of flying. Uh, the thief has, you know, uh, gloves of catching arrows. Uh, the somebody else has, you know, some other awesome something that you know lets them wild shape into, uh, you know, a polar bear. All right, if you, you know, if, if you if you can make a case that you have you've been getting shorted on spotlight because you don't have this thing that you want, the GM might very well say, all right, that that does make sense. You know, so uh, I kind of see that actually as a fault of the GM realizing that one of the players is now the, you know, the crunchy one on the team. I kind of see that as the as a and I've done this. So I'm I'm saying this as a GM who's been there where a particular player, you know, got all the you know, these other players got all the good stuff in this one. I mean, they almost quit my game. And so we came up with something that. This player all of a sudden had the thing that put him at the rest of the level with everybody else. And when he got to use it, it was a thing of beauty because 
he he planned it. He knew, yeah, I'm going to do this and this with it, and he went with it. But yeah, I mean, usually if there's one particular character that is the weak one for whatever reason, yeah, that's kind of the GM not keeping an eye on parity and power level of the party. Well, I had a situation yeah. like that in one of my games where I was a player. We were um, me and a bunch of my college uh, friends were playing Vampire Dark Ages. And everybody yeah. was picking, you know, these vampire houses that they were playing from. I decided to play a humor, a hu- regular old human, fresh home from the Crusades. And okay, way overbalanced in power. Because a human in a vampire game, we weren't playing like Hunter. We were just playing vampire, and I was a human. So I had no abilities, hardly any stats. Yeah. So what happened? The GM had the local Malkavian Lord take a shine to me and basically, you know, Pretty much said, all right, anybody kills this human, I'm going to eat you. You mean kill us? No, I mean eat you. Oh, no, I know how Malkavian Yeah, exactly. Roll. Yeah. So he apparently decided I was going to be his new pet and then sent me off into the world with a magic gauntlet. Oh. Yeah. Having, yeah, having a patron in a game is fun. Yeah, just. It can be. Right. And, and see, sometimes it's not even, you know, you said it's the GM's fault. And maybe it's the GM's fault. Maybe the GM didn't realize, you know, that he'd been making some mistakes as far as treasure allotment but it's sometimes yeah. it's actually also the players you know where um the uh the fighter says well i'm a fighter so i need the sword with the biggest plus and doesn't take the miscellaneous magic item that has the awesome in it you know like the boots of springing and jumping or you know like i said the ring of invisibility you know uh, i'm a paladin i can't do that that would be you know uh uh, disreputable or something like that. So they and they might end up finding themselves in a backwater because of that. Well, okay, so maybe uh, uh, you know this the simple solution to the situation, which is simple but hard, is to say, okay, everybody, you know, we need to you 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 as a party should realize that your fighter is is underpowered, and maybe you should swap some stuff around. Yeah, especially. You know, uh, I mean, you know, in one ways we kind of had the opposite happen because we had the fighter who had all the magic weapons. He, we, we, we rolled for picks every time we rolled, you know, uh, and every time he got a chance, he took a magic weapon. He had all the intelligent swords. He had all the flaming swords. He had them all. They were all in his backpack. <laughs> Nobody else had a magic weapon because they, you know, because he took them all. He got the rolls and, and took them. Or, you know, he took two when, you know, he didn't have to, you know, and so, and he, and he ended up with like all these magic weapons that he couldn't use at the same time, he only use one at a time, and yeah. he didn't have any of those miscellaneous magic items that we we're talking about, you know, and that's where the GM might say, well, you know, uh, here's a traveling uh, gnome who looks like he's, he's selling magic items, maybe you could trade some of those <laughs> for for something more useful, you know, that's, that would be like uh, the possible result of that kind of an ask. Hey, I need something that, you know, besides all these swords I have. Yeah. It's better if you do it as an in-game solution than just sending your players down and going, okay, we need to rectify this because it, and, and I'm going to say this as pleasantly, but let's face it. There are some of us gamers out there that don't have the best, um, I was going to use that, but also emotional set mindset. Oh, and yeah. if you do it, not out of good game, team players. It, it's going to come off as scolding. Oh, if you do yeah. it as oh, well, this gnome comes by and he's looking. Yeah, you know, I say, yeah, I'm looking for swords. You know, I'm trying to. You know, I'm buying up magic swords, and I will give you top dollar. You know, yeah, you know, if you do it in game, it's a little easier. And I mean, don't do it right away. As soon as you get the swords, oh, here's the snow. No, maybe do an adventure two down the line. So yeah, because you know that guy's not going to use all those swords, but then have the gnome and say, yeah, I'm a magic sword collector. I'm willing to give you top dollar for whatever you got. Yeah. In one video game I played, you could take magic items and turn them into some magic powder, which was then used to make other items. So there were ways of... The thing I like is, and it's kind of sort of Spelljammer-esque, where you have, oh yeah, your 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 flying uh, sailing ship. Yes, it flies by consuming magic items, and that's the power. Oh no, there there are games like that. It, it, it wasn't mm-hmm. Spelljammer specifically, but there was um, there's Aether and Flux traversing the Aether, and 
Starjammer that has a similar thing where, yeah, these things are powered by you. They consume magic items and it makes your ship go. And, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah, we have all these magic swords. Yeah, but we have this cool ship that could take us anywhere on the planet and we have no way to power it. And that's when you look at that fighter with the 19 swords and his, you know, bag of holding and you're just looking at him. And it's the whole, you know, the the wide-eyed look to him going, you can only use one sword at a time. Pick one. I want to go to the opposite side of the continent and see if there's treasure there. <laughs> you know, with that, that forceful type of tone, like, you really don't need 19 damn magic swords. Yeah. So, yeah, there are, there are different ways that you can equalize parity as far as magic item distribution without getting out of group where it might come off as scolding or being singled out. Oh, GM don't like me. He doesn't want me to have magic weapons. I'd get rid of them all. You're going to have players like that. We probably all have had them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Remember, nobody likes a whiner. <laughs> exactly. You end up with that because they, they think they're getting singled out. You know. <laughs> all right. So like what we're talking about here is it's, it really helps if ahead of time, you know, if if you uh, before you make your big ask that you think about what am I willing to give up in order to get what I want? I mean, the GM is probably going to ask for some, you know, a quid pro quo of some kind. So, you know, know what you have, know what items you have that you'd be willing to pass on, you know, and and and, and trade or get, you know, uh, because uh, a very good magic item you can't use. Like for you know is is a potent bargaining chip toward one you can use. Uh, I I have a story. I mean, it, it kind of ties into this a little bit. Uh, me and Jerry Gentry, Ogben Rakunin, and we were in a game where uh, the Master Souls campaign. Yeah, and it was the okay. You get mind switch. Take the character to your left from mm -hmm. you know the player to your right. Take their character. And the guy I got, his name was, the player's name was Aaron, and he had this cowardly drow wizard. All of his spells were ones that, they, they weren't offensive. It was either defensive, fa you know, like false life, invisibility. He was <clears throat> chicken excrement. We will leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. And so I get the character sheet, and I'm looking over. Okay, I want to see, you know, this character. You have a rod of more lordly might, and I'm, I'm the shade was beautiful. I'm just looking at this guy. His reply, oh, I didn't think we needed it at the time. Dude, we've been getting our asses handed to us this entire campaign. You've had this, and you, oh, now? Oh. I'm not a fighter. I can't use it. Yeah, well, yeah. But, I was yeah, going to pass it on to my son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, And now I'm thinking of the mummy. You don't have any kids. Someday I might, you know, Benny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Think of my children. You don't have any. I might someday. <laughs> but no, it, it that just reminded me of having a good magic item. You don't use or you can't use it. Sell or trade is always a good thing. And if you want that plus five Holy Avenger and your <clears throat> cowardly draw wizard isn't using that rod of lordly might, I'm sure arrangements can be made. Maybe at the end of a sword, but you can make arrangements. Uh, yeah, you know, gunboat diplomacy. Yeah. You know, I think Teddy Roosevelt made that phrase up. Yeah, speak softly and carry a big. Well, in this case, rod of lordly might. You know. Not just that, but I mean, also when you're asking for something important, if you go ahead and give the the GM some ideas of how you you know you can be nerfed or you know penalized for it, like a curse for a, a special magic item, or you know, in a, to be the only human in a vampire campaign you have to be going slightly crazy and have a malkavian lord patronize you right yeah yeah i'm willing to suffer this i am willing to have this penalty to my life if i can get a b or c yeah it's and and then you know the gm as that character go wow this guy's willing to go through this this thing this must really be important to him okay he's willing to suffer whatever calamity it is that he is willing to do to get this. This is dedication. Not only that, but again, you're taking a little bit of effort off the GM. Now you're giving them plot hooks that they can use. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, you know, obviously, uh, you know, one of the things that you need to offer the GM is 
an op, uh, an opportunity to give you a quest of some kind because you know that's like, as you said that gives that gives him something that he's interested in doing. So, uh, uh, but uh, and and remember a lot of NPCs uh, that you might want to get something from. Like we were, t- uh, I was mentioned at the beginning about like a lordship or land or some license to do something. Many NPCs expect tribute. Okay, yeah, you come up and say, "Here's fifty gold," you know, and they're like, "Eh," you know. But you come up and say, "You know, here's the singing bowl of Ashalon," you know, and uh, it, it 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 can charm your enemies, but it also sounds beautiful, you know, on on, on a moonlit night. <laughs> and um, your enemies. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, that NPC would probably see this as a great gift. It would be very favorably. Uh, and then when, you know, they, and then he says, and if you should ever hear about, you know, the eye of, 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 of Vecna, uh, you know, and, and where some foul being might be holding it, I would like to, to be known, let that information be passed to me so that I might go and make sure it's kept far away from the good people of this country. No, I was sitting there when you, you said that it's like, oh, the singing bowl of Ashalon. And the guy's like, eh, I've got three already. Uh, and all well. of a sudden, the player goes, "When did this become a fringe-worthy game?" <laughs> 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 yeah, I got them on two other Earths, a couple downs over. Yeah, they had another singing bowl of Ash in there. I'm, uh, I'm going to yeah, have a band, you know. It's well, yeah, that's player. that's yeah. a problem in fringe-worthy when you run into a lot of alternates that are very similar. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, yeah. So as soon as you said that, I, the first thing I thought in my mind, eh, I got three already. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> well, it doesn't always work, you know. But like I said, that's. You know, that's it's good to offer something to the GM that the GM wants. You know, right? And um, and 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 by the way, G, a lot GMs like to make the PC suffer. So okay, this, we, uh, that, 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 see that that comes off as uh, that that we GMs have this sadistic streak that we want to harm the players' characters. It, right. It, no, we are not like that. We are people who are trying to tell a story with the players' help. But right. there are times that, yeah, yeah, it's the through great Through great suffering, great deeds are done. Oh, I mean, there is, no, a, region, no, there is no. a reason that tragedy is a genre of, of, you know, drama. You know, we love to see people suffer. You know, the hero's journey includes tragedy, you know. Into everybody's life, a little rain must fall. Yeah, it's not yeah. like we go out of our way to make, you know, these PCs, you know, right. their lives but, worse. But. but we know that conflict is good. Yes, we know not, that not we know good. that when someone loses something, then uh, it's going to make them eat more even hungry to 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 restore it or get something even better. So you know, GMs like the opportunity to take things away from you so that they can give you something better. So well, you know, a, a perfect example. I don't know if you two have seen this on Netflix, the series The Last Kingdom. I have not, though I've, oh. heard, I've heard of it. Yeah, oh, yeah, I've heard about it, but I haven't oh, seen it. Oh, yes, it's it's wonderful. Season five is being filmed, the final season. But the whole thing, and it, it is, it's sort of historical fiction because there was a real Uhtred of Berenberg, the character played by Alexander Draymond, and his whole thing, he's trying to get his ancestral home of Bebenberg back from his uncle, who basically stole the title from him and gave him over to the Danes to be adopted. And so this entire series is him having all of these adventures, and he's like, I just want my home. And he, you know, I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but yeah, making the PC suffer, if it's for the purpose of the story, fine. So it's not so much we're making them suffer, we are adding a story element for them to grow and mature as a character. Let's put we're, it that we're way. We're adding an, right. an engaging story arc. Yes, Right, because, you know, I mean, conflict is exciting and things like that. So when you come to the GM and you say, hey, I, I'm willing to get, uh, uh, pledge this item, you know, uh, and, you know, in exchange for information on how to do something, first of all, it's making you weaker initially. But then the GM is going to, uh, you know, is, is going to make it work, is going to try to make it worth your while. And if, if they can work in getting what you want, 
as part of the final payoff of that, then they feel good about, you know, what, you know, about that. You feel good about it. But there's going to be some unpleasantness in the center that you might have to, uh, you know, work your way through. So be willing to do that. Uh, don't expect it to be like a, you know, a win-win, you know, uh, from start to finish uh, in order to get what you want. Well, the next one's about, you know, uh, you know, helping other players get what they want. Well, yeah, so, that's along the lines of, okay, if you help me regain my ancestral land, I'll help you kill the guy that, you know, killed your dad. And who knows, if I get my ancestral land, I've got armies that can hunt this guy down. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, just... There are times you can get things that you want from the other people in your party. You don't even need a GM. It's just, usually that works more with plot elements than with, you know, getting the powerful sword. Although, if it's a powerful sword, I'm on a quest to get this sword. You come with me into the dungeon, we get this sword, then I'll, you know, again, you know, help hunt on the guy that killed your father. Plus, also, is the fact that, you know, the GM wants all the players to be happy, and... If there's five players and one wants something, then it's a little bit easier to say no than when it's like three or four of those five players saying, yeah, we want him to have this. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, by helping other players get what they want, you get them, you know, first of all, they, there's there's a, you know, a, an implicit O to you. And secondly, they're going to feel favorably towards you and they're going to want to get behind your character getting what they want because, you know, it, it's only fair. People want fairness in in, in 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 their game, their role playing games, even though life isn't fair, <laughs> that's where dice come in. Dice provide all the unfairness. Yeah, and the perfect yeah. shield yeah. for when you just don't want to be fair at all. Oh, sorry, the dice the dice didn't roll in your favor. Well, yeah, especially Why'd when you roll the behind the shield. Behind yeah. the shield. Yeah. I always roll my dice behind the shield because that yeah. way I can decide whether or not the dice are helping my game or not. Well, so, see, that, that's so, been so, one good thing about me having done all my games over the past year and a half. I'm starting to do in-person gaming again because I'm fully vaccinated. So, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, it's like it's over Skype. They can't see. I don't use the, you know, the, and I'm not bad-mouthing things like Roll D20. It's just I just never got around to, oh, you know, this Dice app that's part of the chat system that we use and yada, da da da. I do honor system. If I'm getting four or five D, tw- you know, natural twenties in a row from a player, I'm going to be okay. You need to change a dice or something, or we're going to have a talk. You know. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's over Skype that has helped. That that has been my my game master shield. Oh yeah. Oh, the, let's see. The story's going along bad. They're getting their butts handed to him, and I fail that fort save, and he drops the negative one to his knees and falls face first. Okay, you manage to knock him down. Yeah. Meanwhile, one of them is missing an arm, you know. Another one looks like Wiley Coyote after he just went through an explosion, you know. For me, it always depends on, on the game we're playing. If we're if it's a little bit more of a cooperative, like everyone is involved in telling the story, like uh, with the Cortex system, then yeah, I'll, I'll roll openly. But if it's something where it's more of I'm crafting a story and the only thing I don't control is the players, then yeah, I'm probably going to roll behind the shield because sometimes I might want to, you know, make something happen and sometimes i don't want something to happen and having that shield there it lets me be a director and and alter the story in the way i think is more dramatic well that's a good thing when you, when you realize when you have enough foresight as a game master to see that yeah if they die in the third round of combat that's going to end okay we just yeah you guys got as i said for ogl i use the if you take more than your con in one attack, you got to make a fort save or you drop to negative one hit points and you're either disabled or unconscious. And so, yeah, oh, I rolled a three on the die. Yeah, he's down to negative one and drops to his knees and falls face first. Okay, that big bad is out of the way. You just have to take care of the popcorn now. Yeah. I don't think any of my players have ever noticed that they su- suddenly the enemies don't seem to get critical hits anymore once they're down to about half their hit points. Oh, yeah, there are things like that, rules that I've used that uh, they call it wound thresholds. It's on the Pathfinder SRD page. And basically, if you've taken like up to three quarters or a half or a quarter, you start taking minuses to all your rolls. But I I have that across the board. 
yeah, it seems it's getting harder for that guy to hit you. Yeah, because you've knocked him down. If he's got 100 hit points, he's down to 25. That's 75% of his hit points. He's taking a minus three to everything he does. Attack, damage, saves, ability checks, um, caster level ability. Yeah, you can cast that ninth level spell, but instead of it being a 15th level caster level, it's down to 12. It's a less powerful spell because he's got small cuts all over his body because you guys have been beating on him for 20 seconds straight. So, yeah, you know, I do things like that. And again, hiding the die roll is good because you're, and of course, we all know the term, fudging a roll. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fudging a roll for the benefit of the game is not a bad thing. No, it's not. Yeah. And this yeah. is what Fur walks in on. She just gives me that look like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, ultimately, you're, it's up to you. yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, you, you know, this is not a test of character. You're there to have a good time. Yes. Okay. You're there to tell a good story. You're there to have fun and, and hopefully succeed and do great things. Now, you know, if I if I fudged a die in order to do a great thing, it would it you know you, you'd have to ask that question about to yourself. You know, uh, you know, did did I just make it? You know, I succeeded, but now it's a hollow victory. Yeah, you know, geez, that might, yeah. But that's something you that's something that you need to decide within yourself. You may say, okay, I'm not going to do that ever again, or maybe I need to do something else. But, uh, it, I, 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 we're not, you know, I, I, our topic is not cheating and how it's good for is how it's good for right, the game. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, but I think that helping other people uh, bargain also means if you got five people telling the GM, yeah, you really should have this. It's really time for him to have this. You know, I, you know, it would really make his character make more sense. You know, the GM's going to be like, it's a lot of peer pressure. It's like, okay, yeah, maybe so. You know, I, yeah, I haven't really been paying attention. You know, I guess, uh, yeah, we'll we'll figure out a quest for this person to go on. It just so happens that a, a bird flies in with a strange cryptic writing on a, on a uh, bracelet around its leg. Or my favorite, and and this is something that people don't do in my they don't do in my game because every time I've done it they they've learned they go to say I really want you know like a, a bowl of scrying or I want a a mirror of scrying so I can go and look ahead at what's you know like see how many people are at the bad guys castle and things like that and I'm like okay all right and they do it okay I give it to them and they get it okay and then all of a sudden two things happen one thing is is that every time they look into it and it's not a time I want them to see anything they see their mom on the toilet <laughs> okay the other thing is is that all of a sudden they start the, 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 the they start seeing things that basically gives them quests you know the 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 scrying the scrying object starts giving them quests to do. Congratulations, you and, just and if up they a supporting and if they don't do it, yeah, if they don't do the quest, then the, it just keeps showing them the scenes from the quest, and they don't see what they're trying to see. So yeah, it becomes a a GM tool. But I but if they do do what I ask them to do, then they do get to you know get what they it's it works very well for what they want. Okay, with the occasional tweak when I you know. They see an, uh, an uh, uh, inappropriate family member uh, or, uh, you know, the drunk, <laughs> the town drunk or somebody like that, you know, in, in a compromising position. So, yeah, nothing nothing like a scrying, uh, 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 a scrying mirror that uh, shows you inconvenient things. <laughs> but so, yeah. Okay. I think that's just a cursed item at that point. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I, I would leave it alone. Yeah. I think Evelyn had that one. Well, like I said, is it, it, they always stop but using it for some yeah. reason. You know, they start locking it away in the castle. They give it to the king. <laughs> Here, your majesties, for the protection Here. of your of, of your realm, I give you this scrying mirror. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Wait a minute. Why are they running from my throne room? Yeah. Yes. Because in response to you giving that, they said, "Oh, look! He says there's a there's something bad happening out by uh, you know Grover's Mill. Uh, you know, get out there and find out what's going on." Yeah, the king sees it, sends you to go. It's like, wait a minute, how did this deal screw us? Yeah, am I the only person who got the uh, who, who understands what Grover's Mill? Grover's means? Mill, War of the Worlds. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
something odd's happening out of Grover's Mill. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, uh, all right. So let's so let's say you get what you wanted. You got you got the item. All right. What's the next step? Show you appreciate it. Gratitude. And how do you show your appreciation? You would think that the GM out of game, but in game you use it. Use it to what you hope to do. Well, not that just that you use it. Yeah, you use it appropriately, right? For the most part. Well, also let the people know, yes, I performed a service for the king and for my duty to king and country. He gave me this item which allows me to do my job better. And, you know, you speak highly of the king. You might give the king more people for him to to have work for him. You know, it's like, wait a minute. If I sit there and I'm a good citizen and I go out and do things for the king, I might get cool stuff like this. Uh, say your majesty, you know. Yes. The king is generous to those who serve him well. And, uh, and of course, there are some people who are professional um, public public relations people in in a fantasy world. What are they called? PR guys? Bards. Bards? What do bards do? They sing your praises everywhere for a little bit of coin. A little bit of coin. Sometimes you have to oh, pay no, them it's to not do what it. Bards, what they do. A lot of campaigns I've had bards who they do. Yeah. Those are the PC bards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the regular bards sit around in, uh, in, 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 in bars and, and uh, collect a little bit of coin and, and, and get free drinks all night. And, 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 you know, and, and Fur knows exactly who I'm thinking of as soon as we say bard. Toss a coin to your Witcher, <laughs> oh Valley of Plenty. Jaskier from The Witcher. That's probably the best modern example of a bard. The okay. guy who goes alongside... Henry Cavill's character, Geralt of Rivia, and he's uh-huh. got his mandolin. Yeah, that's probably, if you want to see the archetype of a bard, mm-hmm. that would be the best place to go and just watch Joey Beatty do his thing. Right. Because for most people, when they think of bard, they think of that guy that goes along with Sir Robin in the uh, uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, you went there. Oh, like, no. It's bards and everybody too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was much rejoicing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he bravely ran away. Stop singing that. Yeah. I did not. <laughs> You're making me soil me armor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, bards, they are. They're, I mean, we all know them that they're the mouthpieces of any group because they are the ones who they are the ones who will sit there and use diplomacy to try to get the dragon not to breathe fire on them or acid on them or electricity or cold or whatever. Yeah. And it, especially if it's an intelligent dragon, and most of them are. There's also um, Paul Bettany's Char- uh, Chaucer from A Knight's Tale. Oh, yes. That perfect oh. description of a bard in a party. Oh, yeah. see, that's that's how I remember Paul Bettany. That and um, Silas, the, the albino monk from the Da Vinci Code. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but no, I remember that. He was funny as all get out in that movie. Yeah. The, the people that did um, all the gamers movies, you know. Um, yeah, uh, Peter Dinklage, yeah, yeah. Well, that was actually something else, but uh, the, what uh, uh, I'm talking about. The, uh, I know, uh, uh, is it zo- Zombie? Zombie uh, Orpheus now. Orpheus? I think they, Orpheus, they were a, yeah. a different name back then. I think Dead Gentlemen or something like that. Yeah, yeah, Dead Wives Society or something like that. But anyways, the point here is, is that, um, uh in, in what uh, there's this one uh, series they did called Journey Quest, and they had a wonderful female bard who was try- basically trying to get you know to the bottom of this this story of what was going on because she didn't know what was the, the whole thing yeah, that was kind going of on. So it off more like an investigative journalist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so she's she's you know uh, she's running into bands of orcs. Who are like, oh, you know, let's eat her and stuff like that. And then she she pulls out this this mason jar full of gunk and forces herself to swallow down. And suddenly she has tongues. She says, "No, I'm a bard. I invoke bard privilege." And they're all like, "What?" And the and and the one smart uh, orc goes, "Oh yeah, this is it's a thing. No, you, we can't eat her." Very bad, bad luck, bad bad luck happened. Somebody you know ate a bard and 
and and and had you know, uh, you know broke out in highs for the next three years. Oh no, we don't want that to happen. So, and then she says, "Well, what happened here?" And then he and then the guy, the smart orc, says, "Well, you are not going to believe this, but." And then, of course, tells the story of what actually happened in that situation. And it's, of course, crazy because player characters are involved. So she, uh, like you said, she she acts more like an investigative reporter. But ultimately, she's collecting information so she can write a really good story, a really good tune, a really good song, uh, saga, uh, whatever they, the, 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 um, uh, 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 the Scandinavian uh, scolds uh, do, um, anyways, odes, and um, yeah. she, uh, and, and it was just a really good example of, of of a bard, you know, basically getting a pass on most situations because of bardic bardic protection, bardic privilege, you know, and uh, at the same time not being a super strong or anything like that, and and her only real skill was uh, being able to use information to manipulate people or actually reward them for giving her what she wanted with more information. Oh no, information helpful. is power. Yeah. yeah. Bards would make the perfect info brokers. Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, you know, we're going to go and kill this, this, you know, wipe out this, this, uh, uh, this homestead because, you know, they've abducted, uh, you know, our, uh, you know, so-and-so son. And he says, well, actually I think, that he's over, he and their daughter eloped, and they're not too happy about it either. Maybe together you could form an impromptu marriage party to join them at the reception and get some things hashed out. <laughs> and all of a sudden, what was going to turn into an ugly uh, massacre scene turns into a uh, family uh, rout. <laughs> And a and, and and an overland journey with a lot of uh, uh, interesting in suddenly interesting in laws, because of course if they do get married, then that those orcs or whatever are going to be the in laws. So because <laughs> you know half orcs come from somewhere, right? Oh well, yeah, come from the half half yeah. store. Yeah, they come from the half store. Half get off, out. half Just off store. No, that's that's the Hobbit store. That comes from the half <laughs> off store. <laughs> All right. Anyways, okay. So, um, but you know, you know, if, if worse comes to worse, and the GM says no to you, it's not over. I mean, it's not like you get kicked out of the game. Okay, you can always come back. You can sweeten the pot. You can find out why the GM said no and ch change that situation. If it's because you're not high enough level, you go up a couple more levels. Yeah, if it's, yeah. you know, if you need to be uh, a landed gentry in order to have the rights to that, well, then figure out a way to buy land or take it from, uh, you know, uh, humanoids who, you know, are, are, uh, think, it think it belongs to them, you know. <laughs> We've been living on that same land for the last 10,000 years, but yeah, okay. And a lot of new <laughs> kingdoms were made when the Crusaders came along and conquered some land. Right. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, that was the way of uh, uh, things were done in Russia uh, back in the time of uh, uh, the, the great queens. Uh, the, uh, uh, what would happen is, is that you'd have like some lord, and he'd have his first lord, which of course was going to inherit the, the, the land. Okay. The second one, went into the military. The third one uh, became a priest. Yeah. Fourth one maybe got some, they, they, they basically bought him a judgeship or something like that. Of course. And the women, of course, all got buried off. Okay. Well, but, yeah, yeah. but you, you know, you're, so you go into the military and you want to make a name for yourself. Well, the best way of making a name for yourself is to go out and conquer land. Well, okay. yeah, if you become a great warrior and you, you know, get other people's lands and all that, yeah, that, that's Well, you don't, e you don't even have to become a great warrior, okay? You just have to be good enough where you go over and you take your, your, your uh, 100 men and you go out there and you beat, you basically take over an area and claim it, you know, an area of contention, the debatable lands, you know, and take over this chunk of this mountain, this this valley or whatever for, you know, for Russia. 
And now I'm hearing, you know, I'm hearing the cartoon. I claim this land in the name of France. Yeah, exactly. All right. And of course, you know, the word gets back to your superiors. They say, whoa, look at that. Look what you did. You're successful. That's great. We're going to give you a promotion, send you off to do something else. Yes, sir. Off you go. Meanwhile, the people you just took that land away from, they've rallied. They take it back. But it doesn't matter because you already got the promotion and yeah. you're off doing something else. This uh, was this is the way things were done. In Russia, the borders just flowed back and forth. Oh, yeah, no, no. Between like Germany, Poland, Russia. Right. Oh no, no. They they sweat. I've seen the maps and you know, being Polish, you know, looked a little bit into my ancestry. Oh no, those borders came and went like, you know, water up on a shore, you know, just every 20 or 30 years or 50 years or a war comes along and, oh, now it's Russia, now it's Prussia, now it's Poland, now it's Germany, now it's Russia again. Yeah. Yeah. And the person who's working that land, they're like, I don't care. Just, you know, uh, you know, just just take your tribute. Who am I paying yeah, taxes to today? And, and, yeah, I mean, I don't. Who am I paying my taxes to? You know, and, and, and you know, just leave me enough seed, uh, seed, corn, and uh, whatever, so I can get through the winter. You know, I don't expect you know anything else. And 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 yeah, because pe- people who are stupid enough to kill the peasants are like, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's like send the send the peasants away if you're gonna fight on their land. It's well, like, well, you you brought up that that people who you know, take land in during a wartime, that not only, you know, oh, you get a promotion. Until very recently, that's how people were knighted in England. Right. Because remember now, I mean, all the people that you heard that have been knighted over the past, let's say, since the 80s, so the past 40, 45 years, it's all been for, and I forget the exact name, but for it's for the arts and whatnot. You know, the, the last 40 years, you've had all the people who have been knighted, sir or dame, actors and whatnot, and musicians. It's because Britain isn't doing it via wars anymore. Right. You Back in the day, if you did something great of a military nature, I think it was like the Order of the Cross or something like that, and that's what got united. You got your, you know, the, the three things with the sword, and you don't look at the queen yeah. and, you know, all that. Yeah. And it, now it, it's got, you know, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen and Elton John and Paul McCartney and, you know. Right. Well, the last uh, the last British invasion there was was the Beatles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, though, I, though I don't know, the Falklands were involved. Knighted, but that's because of, you know, still service, but not in a military manner. Yeah. But yeah, that that's something usually that you're getting, you know, if you want, you know, we mentioned it earlier. Oh, yeah, I would like, you know, a patch of land to call my own. Fine, capture it and we'll give it to you. Well, in D&D, that's what they're told to do. Once you reach, like, you know, 10th level and you become a lord or whatever, the king is supposed to say, well, you know, there's this territory out at the edge of the borders of our land. Go out there and, and pacify that area and add it to the kingdom. And, uh, it, you so, know, you, you will. So that would we'll, be, would that be a keep on the borderlands there, Bruce? Yeah, it might be. You might build uh, it. Yes, it would. Yeah. Could yeah. be a tower <laughs> on the borderlands if you're a mage. Yeah, yeah. I think in I think in Dungeons and Dragons specifically, um, uh, who Matt Colville has uh, released a book, uh, two books, two source books specifically about warfare and managing a, a stronghold or a keep. Oh yeah, they have that for Pathfinder. It's called Ultimate Campaign. It's where you get to build your kingdom, and what I mean, they give you exploration rules of, oh, this 12 square mile hex of land. Oh, based on the terrain, it'll take you this many days to, to explore it and clear the monsters. And when you do, you can build a kingdom and build houses and walls and a castle. And Oh, no, the rules get deep. And of course, third party, you know, I've got a bunch of third party stuff. Again, the folders of unfolders where you can do this for modern day, future, post-apocalyptic, but yeah, usually, and one of the things they say, oh, how is it that you got your kingdom? Oh, due to service to king and country, they give you a patch of land and 
oh, what is it, 50 build points for you to start, you know, your own little kingdom and you're loyal to the king. So it's like a um, term. Vassal state, you know. But yeah, that's another reward that if you want, you know, you want that land, you know, and you, you come up and you're in a D&D &D game. Yeah, I want to become a noble and all that. Well, then you got to go out and conquer this territory. Again, the the building on the borderlands out there. Yeah, that's your land. Pacify it. Have fun. And you may not be powerful enough to get it, then that comes back to the be willing for the GM to say no, especially if she says no, but circle back until you get what you want, but don't nag. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm fifth level. There's no way they're going to give me a, a noble's title at fifth level. But I'm if at 10th or 15th level, he'll say yes. <laughs> I think the uh, one of the, the, the first title I ever gave to anybody was uh, my it was, it was it was my girlfriend's character. And uh, she uh, she got it, I think, at eighth level uh, at the end of a big war um, where she basically fought the uh, the the leader, you know, the the, the black guard um, uh, humanoid uh, monster that was leading the entire, you know, uh, humanoid rebellion. Yeah. Uh, uh, she defeated it in one on one combat. And at which point the king said, well, you become a knight. You became, you know, you're now Sir, whatever that her character's name was at this point. I can't remember, but um, it was, uh, and, and 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 she made everybody call her Sir this and Sir that, you know, you know. I mean, and uh, after that, I said, well, yeah, she earned it, you know, it's, it's hers, you know, and uh, you know, you too could could get titles too if you wanted them. You know, and they were all like, well, how do we get titles then? You know, we can't kill the humanoid king. He's already fallen, you know. I said, well, I had this other quest. And <laughs> prove yourself of value to the king, to the, the, the kingdom in such a way that uh, they are willing to, uh, you know, to reward you in that way. And, and yeah. There's this nice old abandoned castle out, out there on our borderlands that could really use some remodeling. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's a no real... Yeah, the the previous tenants offered. died, yeah. so Nobody just you know make sure you get rid of them because they're still there, yeah. <laughs> and they're still there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that happens a lot. It's like nobody goes there. They say it's haunted. Yeah. Well, no, it also says be willing for the GM to say no, especially if it says no, but circle back to give one. I just read lull the GM into a false sense of security and come back later. Yeah, that's how I'm reading that as a GM. I'm like. Yeah, they think I didn't remember about them wanting to be a noble at third level. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're trying again now. They right. thought I forgot. Okay, yeah. Right. Well, that, that, those are the ones that basically say, I, I use the background. I'm a noble. I start off as a noble. Oh, really, sir? You know, talks a lot. Uh, we, we'll, uh, so uh, are you prepared to uh, fulfill all your obligations as a noble? And they're like, what? What do you mean? And they're like, I, 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 yeah, because they realized just they didn't know what they signed on. You've got for taxes to pay. You've got right. levies to right. pro provide. You got you got a job now. Well, not only yeah. that, but I mean, you know, the, you, there's a code. Of, there's a code of, uh, of, of not necessarily chivalry, but there's a code of your class, your 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 class level, your 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 height. You know, there are religious obligations. There's, uh, you know. Uh, Various things like, you know, for example, if a knight comes up to you and says, my lord, he says, I need, you know, I'm on a quest for the king and I need my armor repaired, but I am short of funds. Got to pony it out, you know. Yeah. Or you got to you got to make sure that knight gets what they want because you're a valued servant of the king or the queen. Right. So you got to make sure that those uh, goals get met. And if you have the resources, then you need to uh, to do that. Uh, so, yeah, there's, uh, you know. I mean, there can be complicated complications, but at the same time, is is it ultimately, you know, unless your GM is a dick, you know, uh, they want you to get what you want. They want you to do awesome things. They want their stories to be filled with people who are awesome and do awesome things. Okay, what uh, what most GMs don't want, however, is they don't want characters that are mechanics, which is a term that comes out of uh, uh, myth adventures. Uh, where you have somebody with no magical powers, they just have like a ton of stuff that basically gives them the equivalent. 
You know, you don't want to be a walking, you know, talking uh, Swiss army. You don't want Iron Man. Yeah, you, you're not the sum of your magic items. Your magic items are assist you to to be the person you really are. Yeah, they're tools. Yeah. Yeah. So you always coming at you know how coming from the standpoint of this is this is what my this is what my character's goals are. This is what you know we're trying to do. This is how it works in your campaign. This is how it, it supports the other players. All those are great tools for getting what you want. And if you you know and if you're smart, if you really want those things then you're going to do that, you know, or you're going to have to find yourself a GM that'll basically say, all right, I'll put the items that you really want in the, in the treasure chest at the end of the adventure, but then you've got to run an adventure for me. Cause I got a character who wants stuff too. We all know yeah. about that. We all know about those kind of players where it says, remember gaming on the frontier is about being awesome. That's not awesome. <laughs> That's just twinking out your character. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, everybody, for uh, helping me uh, get the word out about how to negotiate with your GM. And it's also really good for negotiating with other players, by the way. It doesn't oh, yeah. have to be the GM. But the GM has the most power, the most agency. So usually that's where you're going to be spending an awful lot of your time doing that. But uh, uh, thanks for listening. We hope you do that. Uh, if you have any great stories about how you were able to negotiate a really super item or a quest or a boon from your GM, feel free to add that, you know, to post those in our Facebook groups, uh, uh, fans of uh, Gaming on the Frontier, uh, or uh, post it, uh, you know, to our uh, 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 TriTag Games at podbean.com site, or, you know, and, and if you really like what we're saying, go to uh, iTunes and give us a hopefully five-star review. Yes. At least get the word out. Pass the word out about, you know, because we do not want to be the best kept secret in gaming. You know, if you like what we're doing, please let everybody else know about us. And we'll be glad to uh, give you more of what we've been doing. And uh, but you'll have to wait until next week. So until then. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.